It's been one year, and for some reason, you're still here. Unless you're new. Either way, welcome to Tabletop Shop. the tabletop shop i'm interrupting nate what are you gonna do about it it's the anniversary episode maybe we'll switch things up that felt that felt uh premeditated cody i don't know what you're talking about dude i mean we've only been doing like the new intro for like two episodes and you're already like intentionally you know all right hello <laughs> and welcome back to the tabletop shop tabletop shop pop podcast cody, you know what you know what you've never done <laughs> You know what you've what? never, ever done? You've never done the intro. Why don't you, I've never why don't done you the do intro. Why don't you what do you do think it, I'm trying to do here, huh? I'm trying to switch things up. All right, go I, for it. I have, I have rights as a co-host, and we've been doing this for a year now, right? right? Hey, welcome to Tabletop Shop, the Tabletop Shop podcast. You know, every time Nate does the intro, he does it sort of weird. He's like, welcome back to the Tabletop Shop podcast, and it just sort of sounds funky. You know what I'm saying, dude? Thanks it's for gotta noticing. It's got to be the I Tabletop Shop podcast. Or the Tabletop Shop podcast, you know, something like that. Is that what this is about? Is it like a like just an OCD thing that's been bugging you for a year? I don't know. I mean, I, I sit here behind the editing screen every time, so I get to hear it every time. <laughs> and then usually times. to support the show, I go back and I listen through it again when it's actually <laughs> published. So <laughs> I listen to this a lot. <laughs> All right. Well, you haven't finished the intro yet, Cody. Keep it going. No, I'm actually, I, that's all I wanted to do. You can take it from here, bro. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I got to get back into the mindset. All right. Yeah. Uh, today we are going to talk about an ancient Nordic strategy game. Uh, after that, we're going to actually go through a little bit, we're going to make it a little bit personal and uh, we're going to go through our personal board game testimonies. And after that, we have a brand new segment that will also be only a one-time segment where we will be revisiting some of the highlights from our first year on the Tabletop Shop podcast. So that's what we've got lined up for today. I am one of your co-hosts, Nate Clark, and seated uh, in an, on another side of the this area of the state for me. I, there's nothing. Flo- it's 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 a weird like kind of. Ooh, I got it! I got it, dude. Go We're it. both in the Willamette Valley, so just say uh-huh. across the valley, something like that. Yes, there we go. Seated halfway across the Willamette Valley from me is your other co-host, Mr. Cody Pennington. You guys this heard is... me earlier, but I'm still oh. here. Just it's like the longest, you are. Longest intro ever. Uh, okay, Cody, yeah. I have a question for you. And you know, I'm yeah. just I'm just realizing now this being our one year anniversary episode, I probably could have thought of a better question, but <laughs> I'm going with the one I wrote down. <laughs> Dude, you had one something. year to think of this. You had an entire year and whatever you're about to speak, just, just right. think about that. Which which theme would you keep? If you could only keep one in board gaming specifically, which theme are you keeping? Which one are you tossing? Nature okay. or fantasy? Tossing nature, keeping fantasy. Wow, that was quick. What yeah. made you decide so quickly? Easy, easy, because nature is kind of boring, even though it's cool in real life. Know what I'm saying? But in, in board games, fantasy is much more exciting because you can just take nature and make it more interesting. That's fair, but some of the best looking games are nature games. Sure, but Everdell, it's, it's also a fantasy, you know, like creatures don't... <sighs> Make clothes and build boats and have yeah. celebrations and whatnot. 
All right. Well, that was that was your quickest answer yet. So it was okay. probably a bad question, but I mean, I don't know. Is, is that speaking badly of you or wellly of me? Well, I would neither do either of the, never do either of those. So, uh, okay. Well, let's let's talk about games I played this week. And actually, I feel like you might have nothing to talk about this week. I've, but I, I've <laughs> still got nothing, bro. <laughs> Spoilers. Nothing new. Yeah, right, why do you go first, Cody? All right. I mean, I played Underwater Cities yesterday. Was it yesterday? Boring. Don't talk about repeats. Only new games. Before? Only new games. I played. I played Underwater Cities recently. But here's the thing: like that's we we we've even reviewed the game, didn't we? That was like one of the first games yeah. we reviewed. Speaking yeah. of anniversary episodes, that's all. Yeah, that's what I got. Right, there, cool. There's a lot of games <laughs> on their way that will be arriving this month, and I'll get all sorts of new plays I can talk about. But I'm nice. gonna pass the mic, the figurative mic, over to you. My mic is becoming your mic. Well, I have a bit of an advantage, an unfair advantage, because I just came back and you've accrued, acquired a bunch of new games. And so we've kind of just been playing those whenever we hang out. (laughs) So I played... Reaping the benefits (laughs) of my work. Exactly. Uh, Dinosaur Island, Roar and Write. And I was happily, happily surprised with this game. I thought it was going to be good. I wasn't expecting it to be... I don't want to use the word great. Really good. (laughs) And it was. Um... (laughs) It's it's very thinky. It's not good, but it's not great. It's just really good. <laughs> Somewhere in the middle. Uh, it's pretty thinky. It's pretty ugly, too, I have to say. Um, you know, dino- it kind of keeps the same kind of flavor as Dinosaur Island. But the actual drawing you do where you're laying out your park, that part just looks terrible, no matter what, you know. Um, so that's <laughs> yeah. unfortunate. But in general, it's really thinky and really puzzly, and I enjoy it quite a bit. And I would even go so far as to say... That if I own Dinosaur Island and this, I would say this replaces Dinosaur Island. For me, it replaces Dinosaur Island. I get a very similar experience, and I don't think I would keep both. I think that's a bold claim. I don't know if I can can get behind you for that one. Well, the the reason is that I don't find Dinosaur Island to be terribly immersive anyways, and that is really the key difference between the two of them. Hmm. um, Dinosaur Island is a lot bigger and bolder and more immersive in theory. But for me, all that translates to is a heinous setup and takedown. So I would, I think I much prefer the the dice game. I think it does an adequate enough job and I can leave dinosaur Island in the box and not have to worry about setting it up. So Hmm. I'm curious what you think of dinosaur world then. Maybe, maybe that fixes dinosaur Island for you. It could, it could. Yeah. All right, and then the other one uh, are the two expansions, Thingvalir and Ingvol for Nidavellir. No, 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 Idavol. I <laughs> Excuse me. You really care about this game, don't you? <laughs> Listen, here's the thing. Notoriously, Nidavellir is, is one of the games that I have just kind of continuously, like, given a lot of hate to. Um, I still feel pretty much the same way about the base game, but actually I found... I don't know which expansion they're kind of jumbled together now, but I found the expansions to do actually quite a good job patching it up and making it more interesting. There's a lot more spice and flavor thrown into the game, a lot more options, and the scoring, the scoring is still pretty much the same, but there's so many weird cards thrown into the game that the process you take to get there is a lot more interesting, I found, instead of just basic set collection. So Mm. there's a lot of flavor thrown in with the expansions. It is now a game I would own, but only with both of the expansions. Hmm. So that's where I'm at with it now. 
I'm curious, with the expansions, if this isn't too much of a spoiler, where does this now lie on your top 100? Uh, so, I... Ha- have you even updated it? No, I haven't really revisited it yet, but I would say probably still not top 50. Like, hmm. I, I would say it doesn't. it still doesn't push the top 50 for me. So it wasn't that big of an improvement for you then? Not... Well, but... The thing maybe, maybe is, I'm just too optimistic on how many how many slots it should move. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like this is a getting really boring conversation <laughs> for the listener. So let's just move on. Let's see. All you right. played nothing. All right. Yep. Game of the week. Covered it. Yep. Okay. So for our game of the week, <laughs> I'm going to hand it over to Nate to intro it. <laughs> Um, this is going to be a short one, actually. It's going to be a really short one because we probably could not possibly talk about this game for more than, what, <laughs> 10 minutes tops? Oh, I bet we can push 10 minutes. We'll In see. fact, that's going to be our goal. We'll see. I don't know if I can do it. All right. So as I said before, ancient Nordic strategy game. Today we are talking about Tablut, also known as Hnef- Neftafel. Yeah, my pronunciation is just going to be awful. But (laughs) this is a chess-like game, a two-player abstract strategy game, uh, where one person has, it starts in the middle of the board, and the other person has uh, lines of troops that are perpendicular to that person in the middle of the uh, checkered board. It's like, what, uh, 10 by 10? There's different sizes, so, but yeah, it's a grid. And yeah. the goal of one person is to get their king, their special piece, to the to one of any any of the four corners of the board to win, and the other player is just trying to stop them. Um, there's a the elimination of pieces is done by sandwiching pieces with yours, and um, oh yeah, the other thing is that all pieces move like rooks, so they can all move in straight lines for any distance that you desire. All pieces mm-hmm. move identical, and that is. Tablut. <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, there's there's a few other smaller rules in there. Like, well, maybe, should, should we just get into this? Should we just start it? Yeah, I mean, I guess so. We already did. Um, I guess to preface all that, this is actually a family of games. This, this is, as you alluded to directly in the intro, this is a, an ancient Nordic strategy game. I believe it dates back the first recording of it was like 400 AD or something. So obviously it's probably been around longer than that. Um, sure. But yeah. yeah nor- so it's supposedly it's one of the predecessors to chess. At least that's what I heard. That like chess wow. is a combination of like this and another like Persian style game. I might be mixing up my history there. Hmm. In a but, way that would make sense because it's definitely simpler than chess. Like I said, all the pieces move the same way. They all move like mm-hmm. rooks. Whereas chess introduces a much more varied, you know, lots of different pieces with different movement. Yeah. But what's weird about this is it's not necessarily a set board size as well as number of pieces like per side. So there's different variations. So I want to say that Tablut, which we're talking about, is the nine by nine version. And that may be the most prolific, but it can get bigger and smaller. I think there's like a seven by seven version it can go up to like 13 by 13 and possibly bigger. And all of those, it's just the family of Toffle games. 
And mm-hmm. I guess this one specifically is Naftafel, or however maybe, you maybe it means nine. It. <laughs> hey, maybe in Nordic runes or something. Um, but that being said, this is an asymmetric game. Did you already say that? Yeah. Did no. I just well, fall I meant, asleep while you were talking about it? I didn't use the word, but I mentioned that the two sides have different goals. So alluded yes. to it, I guess. Yeah, exactly. So specifically within that, one side you play as the, uh, I believe it's the Swedes thematically is what they call them. You're trying to get your king. Actually, it's the only side that has two different types of pieces. You have eight sort of like defenders and then one king that's in the middle. And you're trying to get the king to any of the four corners of the board. And if you do that, you win. The other side, which is supposed to be the, oh, I'm blanking out now. Not the Midianites, some sort of something of kites. The Gauls or something? The, the the original game that I had, it had some sort of breakdown for what side was which, like historically. But their goal is just to prevent the king from getting to the edge. And particularly, they're supposed to capture him on all four sides or use the side of the board yeah. and get him on three sides. And that's how you win. So I mean, look at the Vikings figuring out asymmetric games like I was hundreds say, of years ago. From that perspective, it almost makes it a little more advanced than chess, right? Chess is like both sides are identical, mm-hmm. even though there's a lot of different pieces that move differently. This is like all the pieces move the same. However, each side is trying to accomplish a different goal at the same time. And this mm-hmm. side even has one piece, one piece that is special. So yeah, I don't know. In a way, it almost feels like a more advanced concept. Sort of, yeah. And even though, I mean, there's less, even though there's less ways that pieces move, and I guess just one way that pieces move and only really two different types of pieces total in the whole game, it's still not, it's not a simple game at all. There's lots of crazy patterns that you have to start learning for defense grids and ways to capture other pieces. It really hurts your brain if you try to think too much about this. And in that way, it is a lighter version of chess. There's not as many strategical permutations that can occur in the game. Whereas chess, there's an infinite amount, you know, because of the varied pieces. And this, there's definitely not as many, but there's enough that like somebody who's played the game a few times is going to wreck you probably, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. And it's still... I guess what... Oh, yeah. Uh, it, <laughs> a year and we still don't... We still, we still can't read each other, yeah. Cody. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll do this. I guess, what what do you like about the game? We can do the classic likes and dislikes. Yeah, I mean, for this, I didn't even do a breakdown of likes and dislikes. Um, but I, I think what I would say that I really enjoy about it, other than, that, other than the fact that I just find it, it's, it is enjoyable. I just find it to be an enjoyable experience whenever I play it. But I find it to be... I've never been a huge fan, been a huge fan of chess, honestly. Um, I didn't really play it growing up. Like some, like you played it and some other friends of mine played it, but I never really cared that much, never really got into it. And to me, this was more of like, it felt like an entry-level chess and I can still feel distinguished in a way playing Mm -hmm. this and I still enjoy it. But I feel like everyone I ever played chess with, other than like my little brother, just like stomped on me, you know? And I never had the desire to learn, to really like learn strategies and get better at it. And so I also never really enjoyed playing either. So... This, to me, is a very different experience while still delivering kind of a similar experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you have a favorite side to play as? Oh, I definitely prefer playing as the king side. And that's, I think, with all the games we've played, that's what I've done the majority of. Well, how about this? How about this? How about this? Is there anything you dislike about the game that come to mind? 
Honestly, I feel like if you played it a lot, it's a game that would, especially if you were playing with, I, I don't know, I feel like it's a game that if you played it a lot and kind of became a tablut master, it would be too predictable. You know, in chess, there's a lot of guessing what the other person is going to do. But in Tableau, it'd be, I feel like there's not nearly as many setups and misdirections and stuff that you can pull, you know? And so I feel like if mm. you had multiple people who are playing it a lot, the games would become very predictable and boring. But that is where the different sizes of the board come in, right? So if you yeah. master the nine by nine, you can go to a smaller or a larger size board. And now the strategy changes changes a bit. Mm -hmm. You know, there's more or less pieces. The board's a little different. So, um. But yeah, I guess in a way that would be a potential negative, even though it's not really a negative for me because I haven't played the game enough for that for me to fit into that box. But that's something that's an eventuality I could see, you know, in people who played this game a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially if you jump up to the 13 by 13, that's a lot of pieces you have to work with and a lot of mm. space. I mean, there's mathematically like so many different permutations that the board could progress to. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> you can always just keep making it bigger. <laughs> Add in more pieces. So they were playing on the 27 by 27. <laughs> well, no, I, I just meant even within a 13 by 13. Like, it's it's kind of like with chess. I heard it's like after your first three or four moves or something in a chess game, you're now playing a chess game that's like never been seen before. Just just with the, the combination of pieces that can be played. Huh, that's crazy. It might have been more than three or four, but yeah. And chess is only an 8x8, so if you're playing a 13x13, 13 13, yeah. Anyway, this is a cool game. <laughs> I, I particularly like the copy that I have. And it's kind of fitting that we're talking about this um, when we're going to be talking about our board game uh, hobby testimonies here in a second for our mm -hmm. special. Uh, because this is like one of the OG games that you and I played for a while when we yeah. were really getting into, yeah. into the gaming hobby. But the, the set I have, I think my grandpa got it for our family like years ago. And so we just kind of had it lying around and I just sort of pulled it out, I guess, one time and started messing around with it a bit more. But it has these cool carved and like painted pieces, but they're not like I like modern red and blue paint. It's like they're they're almost meant to look old and stone, even though they're just made of wood. But the game itself, like you play on top of this box and that is the grid but you open up this little wooden box and then you can store all the pieces inside it so it's this little self-contained traveling system and travel with it we did <laughs> we, we had this little tradition where we try to take it to like a new area or place and then collect some sort of souvenir i think from that place and then put it inside the box yeah, I I mean, it sounds amazing that way, but I think the reality is that there was like a business card and like a piece of grass in the box. <laughs> I think it was. <laughs> I know we played more places than that, but we, we totally just, did. We we couldn't get enough souvenirs, I guess. Yeah, good times. Yeah. As we're already walking down memory lane, Cody, why don't we continue to do that further? All right, I'm a little sad because I don't think we quite hit ten minutes for the game. Ooh, of we're the week, close. But that's okay. We're close. Close enough. All right. Who's going to go first here, Cody? Uh, I feel like we need to like flip a coin. We can't just decide on this one. Or I could say since uh, you're older you. that you have to. Uh, can you get an online D20? I'll roll a D20 right now. I should still have one on my phone. Aha. What are we rolling? A D20? D20. Yeah. Eight. Thirteen, baby. All right. You pick then, I guess, if you want to go All first right. or second. I'll, I'll go first. 
All maybe righty. it's kind of selfish, but I kind of like, obviously, in our board game testimony, we're going to be referencing each other there's at some, a certain point. There's some crossover. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I want to like, I want to go through mine and then see how it bounces off you, I guess. Okay, just, you sure. Just, just see what happens. Sure. All right. So you, you, you talked about getting personal uh, when we're doing this. And I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a little personal. A little, a little bit later in the special. Cody, no, uh, no insults you know. about my baking skills. All right, let's leave yeah, that out. Yeah, Nate, of Nate was trying to like for my birthday make me a cupcake, and it just it didn't turn out. It was more of like a muffin, and muffins are very different from cupcakes. This mm. none of this is true. None no of this ever happened. This time. Also, Nate, if I if I have another birthday, which I assume I will, don't <laughs> make me a cupcake. <laughs> Wow. Okay. What? What are we? What is this segment? What are we doing? <laughs> um, this is our last will, I believe, is what oh, yes. we're doing here. Yeah. Okay. Last will anyway. Okay. Anyway, um, as I was kind of taking notes down for this and trying to think back through my my game series of games, and it kind of came down into little stages that I was able to divide it by, which was kind of fun to see. So sure, yeah. we're we're gonna start off with stage one, which is birth to i don't know middle school wow you had a lot of time to prepare cody yeah i did your first one is birth to i don't know (laughs) let's just say middle school ish i I didn't think about the time frame i just i i divided it by the game the game is the time frame so obviously kind of grew up playing the classics you got like stratego and monopoly and risk and battleship i also played a fair amount of like card games specifically pinochle I still don't think you've really played Pinnacle, have you? Not really. I think there's been a couple instances where you tried to teach me with a group and like those were the only times I ever tried to learn. So like okay. never stuck. <laughs> the very fun game. You have to get a specific deck for it. And I think that's why I'm very snobbish towards the crew because I'm like trick taking game, whatever. Stupid. <laughs> but, but anyway, you know, all, all the classics like that, chess, Yahtzee. And at this stage, at stage one, I would not necessarily consider myself a board gamer. I don't think that concept had really occurred to me because when that's all you experience, that's people just own those games, you know? It's, it's just normal life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and then probably around when I was in middle school, um, how did we get it? I think my brother, John got Catan and then my family got a copy I really don't remember like who actually introduced it to me but I remember our family got it at one point and that's probably where I was starting like oh this is this is a different board game and very close to around that point also started playing Dominion someone else got that and I'm going to call this stage two stage two is when I was slowly becoming enlightened to a larger world but I also didn't really know that's what was going on or that's where my right. life was going to go. You didn't see the scope. You didn't see the scope. Yeah. Right? It was just, oh, here are these other games like Stratego, Monopoly, Risk, etc. And now there's also Catan. I'm like, ah, this is a cool game. And then we're just going to call this stage 2.5 because this kind of still lines up with two. But John, my older brother, he went off to college and he became enlightened in the ways of board games via his his gaming friends up there. And so through him, I started playing a Ticket to Ride, Castle Panic, um, Forbidden Island, Forbidden Desert, 
kind of like all these games that are more gateway games. It's not that Catan and Dominion aren't those, but it's like these are kind of, they're starting to push you more onto the threshold of the the gaming industry. You know, like your eyes mm-hmm. are slowly starting to open. You're like, oh, there's not just Catan or Dominion. There, there are other games out there that exist. And it's the more I learn about these games, it seems like there's just more and more that maybe I need to start exploring. Then boom, let's transition into stage three. Uh, you and I start hanging out probably about that yeah. time. Yeah, high school time. So we're cranking out to Blute. Um, we, I had the genius idea that we should back Heir of Kingdoms, and you and I were both familiar with both Catan and Dominion, and this was marketed as a combo of Catan and Dominion. So we're like, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> Um, and we, we've talked about Air of Kingdoms and trashed it several times in the show, so we don't need to do that, although it's fitting that we bring it up on the anniversary episode. Um, and then distinctly, this is, I feel like, kind of the turning point, at least in kind of my brain. I got you for your birthday, Akrotiri, because mm. it was about that yeah. time that I was really starting to, like, try to research like games as opposed to just being introduced to them by other people i was i was starting to take an active role in my own board game development you know and i'd say around that time i was probably getting around other people who played similar games so got to play like splendor pandemic 10 minute heist i think you introduced me to terraforming mars around that point and you know the the world's growing it's like stage three is ah board games and i would say probably about that point i would start considering myself a board gamer you know all right it's like i could have that official title and now here here's where it gets kind of personal i'm off i'm off in college town graduated from college town let's just say i got into a pyramid scheme (laughs) uh I didn't think this was going to come up. No, but, all right. but I was Let's thinking about it. It, it kind of, it, it was somewhat defining and it's embarrassing to talk about because it's literally a pyramid scheme, but you don't really think that's what it is when you're getting into it. If you haven't experienced anything like that before and they're all very convincing and whatnot. And here, here's the deal here, here, here's the thing that wraps it all up. There was a girl involved. Okay. That's, you know, mm. when there's a girl involved, you're not thinking as clearly or you're more willing that's to try fair. out certain things. Right. So is you know i was in the thing amway or as i call it now scamway and Perfect. you know it was it was, it was hesitant there's it, it was still kind of fishy but again there was a girl involved and ab- about a year of my life was probably spent within that and the thing about this wonderful company is it kind of takes over lots of aspects of your life like financially and activities and all this stuff again like looking back and really as soon as like i got out looking back i was like oh gosh i'm so sorry self (laughs) (laughs) but all that to say um i i basically got uh my lady and i but i got both of us out of it hey and we're married now so so it all it all panned out right it was all good happy ending but the thing is coming out of that and just kind of coming out of the mental fog of it and just like regret and just like breathing fresh air of not being in it anymore i was like okay I want to, I just want to, I want to do some fun stuff and I want to get reinvested into things that I really enjoy and appreciate. So it's like, it's board game time, baby. And I really didn't know much what I was doing, but I was just at the point where I was just Googling like, what are some good board games I should buy? You know, 
Wow. So it was just like an epiphany. Yeah. Yeah, really it was. And guess what came out of that, yo? I know what came out of that. You know what Scythe. came out of that. Scythe came out of that. And what what a, a, a whammo game to, to come out with. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Those are real words. Those are real <laughs> words and I'll stand by them. Still no comment at this time. Yeah. But I think I'm pretty sure Scythe was like the first game that I bought at that point. And then there was kind of a cascade effect where I started buying lots of games, but I feel like it was just fitting and quite opportune that I came out of that just like time of life and sat down with Scythe and it was like, games are incredible. Games are, <laughs> games are fun. And that, that's what I'm going to call stage four. And that's really what launched me, I think, into the proper board gaming hobby. I would say now that I'm in stage five, where I'm kind of past the early stars in your eyes period of just <laughs> examining the, the world of board gaming. But I, I don't really know how to define what else is stage five or when I'll move on to stage six. Or maybe this is just stage five for the rest of my life. You know, if I have Could another be. birthday or something. You know what? Stage five is geez, so macabre. <laughs> stage five permanently, probably not a bad thing. But here's the thing. You know, in our lifetimes, we don't know what directions gaming is going to head either. Yeah. And so maybe with the, you know, with the way the industry changes, stage six, stage six will just happen, you know, in and of itself, right? Whatever that abstract concept is of stage six. Yeah. That'll be fun to see, whatever that looks like. It will. Yeah. So again, got, got a little personal, had, had sh shared, some, shared some sensitive stuff there, but that's, that's my board game hobby testimony. All right. Thank you for sharing, Cody. Yeah, what you got? I expect you to get just as personal. Mine will not be as deep, I ah, think. But of course, it. like as you mentioned, there will be some crossover. And some things that you brought up made me wonder how we remembered things similarly or differently. Yeah, so, I'm too. Uh, so my, I mean, I, my raising was a bit similar. Like I came from a family that played just a lot of games. Um, I mean, we had a ton. We had a whole like just... Uh, like bookcase of just full of games and you know it's like all the standard stuff like you mentioned you know clue and risk and battleship and you know stuff like this careers farming game uh farming game is actually more of a regional game i think that was like produced in washington <laughs> but it's a it's a game um so you're just a bunch, a bunch of stuff like that and like my grandparents were both played a bunch of card games trick-taking games you know uh rook and stuff like that so we always played games with them too and i have four siblings so Games were kind of the default, like we're bored, we either play outside or we play games, you know? And so, yeah, there was a lot of a lot of gaming happening. Monopoly, of course. Um, so that was kind of how it started. And then at some point, I think like maybe 09 or maybe 2010, uh, my parents went to, went hung out with some other people and played Catan for the first time. And then they bought it. And um after that i think was carcassonne and dominion and this was all kind of in like the 2010 to like 2013 area um that they were buying some of these so yeah some of them were modern some of them were you know, obviously like Catan was a bit older hmm. already at that point but you know dominion was was fresh off the press practically um so a lot of these more kind of modern strategies strategy games were being introduced but like kind of what you said and i want to reiterate that is that like there was no uh, mind frame shift for me at this point. It wasn't like, to me, it was just more games, right? It was like, okay, this is just a few more games added to our whole collection of games. And I, you know, there was no further, it never even crossed my mind that like, 
well, maybe there are more and more games, right? <laughs> like there was never like, what am I missing out on kind of a thought? It was just like, oh, cool. You know, Catan, Dominion, Carcassonne, fun. Yeah. And so my, my, my thinking didn't go past that. And then our family moved actually. And we kind of, I kind of, in general, we kind of went through a dry period of playing games for maybe a couple of years until I kind of started playing with you again, you again. And so this was kind of a new era where my family had also bought a few new ones that were kind of new, like code names and wits and wagers and well, wits and wagers wasn't new but like new to our family that were kind of relevant um and so that was when i started playing stuff with you like to blue and i don't know everything we played together there's that weird lewis and clark game oh uh, yeah the lewis and clark adventure game yeah and the master and commander game and uh but we played a lot more video games still you know we played a lot more halo and stuff we played board games occasionally we played monopoly a few times but mostly we actually played a lot of video games i think yeah um, and, and then things started ramping up a bit. Uh, Acroteria, I had kind of forgotten about actually until you mentioned that. Hmm. That was one of the first ones that was like, okay, new hobby board game being introduced to my life. Um, at this point it was weird. It was just like, unless, until you've been really exposed to board games as a hobby, you still don't think about them. And that's why I was so surprised when you said you just decided to look up what board game should I own and just start, decided to randomly pursue that because... To me, up until a certain point, it never, ever crossed my mind that there was a hobby world of games out there. It was just like, we were still just kind of playing Catan, Carcassonne, and Dominion, you know, hmm. at this point. And so, Akrotiri came along, and this is about 20, 2018, 19, kind of. Um, and Era of Kingdoms, I actually, I don't know if I'm correct or if I'm misremembering. I thought it was my idea, but I'm I'm more than happy for you to take the credit for that. Oh, maybe it I was no yours. This. For, for some know. reason, I remember. Maybe I just have such shame about the whole thing that I want to isn't take it, responsibility for it. Isn't that so weird that we both like have strong feelings of dislike for this game, yet we both remember it as our idea? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should be the other way around. Hey, I way to like. own it either way. Yeah. Literally. Um. But up until this point, like even when you started introducing me to like when I started playing new games with you at your house, it's still like it still kind of felt like a lateral move, you know, no offense, but it wasn't like <laughs> I wasn't progressing further into the hobby Thanks, world. Dude. I was well, it was like I was still in kind of like the outer ring and I hadn't moved into like one of the inner rings of gaming still. Okay. You know, you were just exposing me to different games that still feel like they were in the outer <laughs> ring. Um so yeah, Era of Kingdoms and Akrotiri started pushing me in that direction. And then kind of randomly, um, I got Castles of Burgundy, the anniversary edition for Christmas from my parents. And that was kind of out of nowhere, hmm. too. That was kind of weird. And we played that a ton. And I was thinking more and more, like, uh, enjoying it, but still hadn't quite pushed me over the edge to where I was thinking about digging into games. Um, and then the thing that, that tipped me over the edge was you with Scythe. Like, just hey. one day you were kind of randomly like, Hey, I got this this new board game and it seems really like epic and super cool and has like lots of people love this game. And I'm like, all right, sure, fine, whatever. You know, I play games with Cody sometimes. Like, okay, we'll hang out, we'll play Scythe. And you're like, and... Cody, you seem so much more full of life these days. <laughs> um, in my memory, I had not connected that. And even at that time period, <laughs> did not connect you with that that event with Amway whatsoever. Yeah. But um it's interesting though that you kind of you said you kind of see Acroteri as the the tipping point. For me, it's it's definitely Scythe because up until Scythe, like kind of like I said, there were a few games that were like definitely hobby games, you know, Castles of Burgundy and Acroteri. But up until Scythe, I didn't I didn't dive into it personally. And 
after Psy, that's when things started to go crazy. Um, mm. That's when we would move into kind of the next era that I would still say I'm in right now, where, like you mentioned earlier, there's kind of like this honeymoon phase. And for me, it was with the Dice Tower, actually. It was with uh. board games in general. But I watched the crap out of the Dice Tower, man. I think at this point, I've watched probably every single top 10 video they've made. Wow. All the way back. Every single one. Back when they were doing them all with uh, Sam and uh, up to current, basically. Um, so I went crazy watching all of their top 100s from the past, like, you know, three or four years up to that point. Uh, and just watching reviews and all this stuff, man. I just got addicted to kind of board games as an idea and but also to their channel <laughs> um just with the personas of tom vassal and z garcia and, yeah. and sam healy you know i just really like really caught on to it um and then that's of course at about the same time where i just started really digging into games and started like whoa like all these games are popping up all the time and the ones that would show up on lifts lists in the dice tower more often were the ones i would start like more i, w- I started buying basically so mm-hmm. like arkham horror the card game was one of my first purchases and like i remember my my first like bundle purchase i got from game nerds was like champions of midgard arkham horror the card game and ah, i don't know a couple other things that i don't know i think maybe space base actually hey fun fact Um, i finally sold arkham horror the card game the copy that you gave me (laughs) yeah that you never played i'm guessing yeah okay Um, but yeah, it was, it was, but it was this growth period of figuring out what I liked because up until this point, you know, it was just Catan, Carcassonne, Dominion, whatever. And so it was like Arkham Horror, the card game shows up on Z's list all the time, bought it, played through it, hated it, got rid of it. You know, <laughs> it's part of a, it's part of a growth process, but Dang it, you Z. know, so just, just researching and checking out all these, you know, just tons of different games and just, just loving every minute of it. And just feeling like just and getting this weird sense of like almost inexplicable just like happiness you know like almost like a dopamine effect just from like watching videos and researching games and getting games and stuff like that you know um and then i would say to round it out actually would was would be kind of like when well would be the stuff that we did actually so way brothers came about from both of our just you know, passion of just like, we just love games. Like, what is this new crazy thing to us? Yeah. And so that's how the Way Brothers YouTube channel happened, um, which kind of sputtered and died after I went to Nepal. But when I came back <laughs> or yeah, when I came back, then we started up, you know, with a podcast because we're like, hey, we still want to like embrace this, you know, vigor, but we don't. But, you know, if we do a podcast, there's less commitment kind of and less you know time invested into mm-hmm. all the, you know, um, all the editing and you know everything like that and so then we yeah we we dove into this and yeah this is this is where we are now this is where i am now and it's a it's a very happy place i would say way to bring it all the way back around to the present i didn't i didn't even do that i was just kind of like i'm playing games me 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 yeah (laughs) (laughs) i was i was the only one thinking about us cody uh i will say i feel like i need to add this clarification for for my games where you said um, that I had said that Akrotiri was the tipping point for me. I feel like there was kind of two tipping points. So I think okay, buying sure. Akrotiri and then playing it and it being good, that was sort of a feeling of I went out and I found a game and I discovered it and it was mm. good. It was like, oh, this is kind of fun. And then yeah. I got kind of sidelined by everything else that happened in my life. So then Scythe <laughs> was really like really starting to invest into the hobby and kind of reopening the door you know so Mm -hmm. yeah yeah 
Yeah, I can see what you mean. Two different tipping points. Sure. Mm-hmm. I think for me, there was really only one because it, it was weird. It was like, you know, like I said, with Agriteria and even Castles of Burgundy, like Scythe was the, was the one that finally pushed me into actually doing my own, like digging into the world that's out there. Mm-hmm. You know, the other games, it didn't, didn't push me to that yet. So Scythe was just that good. <laughs> I like how our respective board game journeys really compelled the other person like in this little ping pong match because if scythe kind of introduced you to that or or, uh, propelled you into the industry in a sense like i i had no idea who the dice tower was until you started telling me about them so then that Uh got me into like board game media and exploring different review videos and whatnot so i Mm -hmm. I just like how there's Mm -hmm. kind of this little ping pong effect going around yeah we definitely had because like i would i would kind of view it as you know if you had never bought Scythe, there's a good chance I never would have ended up dipping my toes into the real hobby world. You know, maybe it would have happened, but, you know, also maybe not. Also, at some point, I just remembered this, at some point a few years prior even to Scythe, maybe two years prior, I actually played Blood Rage um, at some, like, it was another friend of mine and we went to hang out and he's like, oh, there's a game night at my friend's house. So we just went and we played Blood Rage. But even that, I don't know. I think I just wasn't, like, personally, in a way, I just wasn't ready to, like, my mind was not there, ready to commit for some reason. And so, yeah, for some reason, Scythe was the one, even though I played other legitimate hobby games before it. Interesting. So. You still have Blood Rage, right? Oh, yeah. That that one's going to stay. Anna loves that one. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, I she, need to give that another try. I'm, I'm willing to give that another ooh, try. Well, we, we, we can, but it's... Knowing your tastes now... <laughs> It's very cutthroat. It's well, very that, aggressive. That's what I mean. Like I, I know that's why I didn't like it in the first place. But I, I'd, I'd give it another shot. <laughs> I, I just want to. I just want to like retcon, and I just want to uh, retroactively apologize for purchasing you that because <laughs> I did not know your tastes well enough. Obviously, I think I was like uh, more being influenced by the Dice Tower still, and I was like, man, these guys love Blood yeah. Rage. I'm gonna buy it for Cody. <laughs> in your defense, I'm pretty sure I had that on my list for games that oh, I wanted really? to get. So it's probably hey, yeah, not entirely been. your fault. Okay. Yeah. But you know what? That's the thing you learn. It's like we talked about last episode, you know, you just have to play games to learn what you like and your taste is just refined with every game you play. Hmm. So it's well yeah. said. Okay. So that is, that is us. And those are our board game testimonies. It, it, yeah. I'm interested to see where we end up in the future with this, because I think uh, you yeah. know, a lot of it could be, I feel like in general, the only thing we really haven't dipped our toes into as far as like, as far as like aspects of the board game world is kind of Kickstarter. Like we did, we have the one, you know, story, but other than that, we've never really re-entered into the Kickstarter thing. And so we'll see if that ever becomes a part of it. I kind of doubt it for me. Um, but you know, like I said, it depends on how the industry changes too. That'll obviously directly affect us and we'll be, we'll be current, yeah. I think on, on all changes from here on forward. So, yeah. But yeah, something I actually just realized today is if someday I hope to do my own Kickstarter for a game that I make, I just realized that whenever you go on to Kickstarter and you look at a profile for a game that's in the works mm-hmm. and you look at the creator, it will say next to the, next to the creator like 33 backed or something like right. that. It's like showing how many projects that person <laughs> themselves has committed to supporting. And I realized like if I just suddenly showed up and threw my own kickstarter up there that you go and click on it and be like one, one backed, backed. error of games like, uh, 
It doesn't look very yeah, good. Yeah, that's true, I guess. So hmm. I feel like I should support more just to be involved in the community and, you know, rank up those stats. Okay. So for the community, right? Not for the stats. Okay, got it. <laughs> <laughs> Roger that. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so that's us. Um, I guess we can move on now to our special segment. This was an idea I had a while ago, which was to kind of, you know, go through and find the best moments from the show. And so I compiled all of those and yeah, stay tuned for that because I think it's, it's, it's a, it's a nice little trip down memory lane for me actually. And, um, it's kind of, it's a good reminder that we actually are sometimes funny and a lot of times pretty stupid. So, <laughs> and perhaps a reminder that our audio nowadays is a bit better than it was <laughs> Occasionally, back in the day. You may be reminded of yeah. that or even like a couple all months right. ago. Cause you know, I was using a lapel mic for the majority of our, <laughs> so all right. Too true. Roll it. I am your, one of your co-hosts, Nate Clark and seated across the city from me is your other co-host, Mr. Cody Pennington. Yeah. Thanks for saying my own name. <laughs> no, actually, that's fine. <laughs> it's me. No, actually, I thought about pausing for a second, but then I wondered if you wouldn't get the, the cue and you would just let that, that be awkward That could have silence. been super awkward, yeah. I am one of your co-hosts, Nate Clark, and seated across the city from me is your other co-host. See, there it is, Cody. Last week, See? I tried to... No, this no, is no, your no. fault. It's your fault. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for you to say my name because that's what you did last time. Brothaniel, the man of the people. In Mother Russia, do an Imperium plays you. I use Amazon to buy my board games. I'm going to buy some board games on Amazon because that's that's the cheapest. Yeah, I'm Shim Phillips and yeah, I like designing games. It's, it's great. Anna and I played Fog of Love. You familiar with this one? Uh, that's just my life, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's definitely not get into that. Uh, not only am I not interested, but I don't think anybody else is. So, God, dang it. And Anna destroyed me because she's much better at thinking ahead and I'm a bit more <laughs> impulsive. So, <laughs> tactics versus strategy. Uh, no, I think it was just strategy and tactics versus Nate, um, honestly. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay, give me a stat real quick. Of your five worst game rule fails on your list right here, how many of them did I tell you you were playing wrong? Ooh, that one. One, two, Three. Keep going. Yeah. Four. Four <laughs> out of five. <laughs> and the other one, I don't know how I, I think the other one, it was when I was teaching you the game and I noticed it in the rule book and I was like, oh shoot, I've been playing that wrong. <laughs> no, yeah. I, I feel like there's been a trend almost of making deceptively cute games, you know? Yeah. So like that, like Everdell, like Root, yeah. you know, games like that where it's like, oh, look, it's cute. It's a kid's game. It's like, wow. Boom, you just got hit in the face with this game. It's like, just destroys you, you know? So I like how Furnace is kind of the opposite of that. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) welcome to hell. (laughs) That must be the secret to his success. Because he does have three games in the BGG Top 100. Yeah, that can only be attributed to the the indulgence of hot cocoa. Yeah, hot cocoa. Like Jamie Stegmaier, do you think he drinks hot cocoa in the morning? Is that like I don't the, think the I don't think group? at all about what what Jamie Stegmaier drinks in the morning. I don't think about it ever, Cody. Not once. <laughs> you did now. So this smashed expectations. It oh, and it's quacks. Man. It's absolutely it's quacks. quacks. <laughs> absolutely quacks. And quacks is even if you weren't doing the expectations. I like how you just quacked when you said quack. You're like quack. <laughs> <laughs> wow, way to call me out there, man. No, sorry, That's man. A- <laughs>
I like I said, it's not quite the same. I, I mentioned this to you in private, but <laughs> I mean that sounds different. No. Let me rephrase that. Gonna restart. <laughs> <laughs> this is a trilogy. Uh, it's at least a, a pair. <laughs> I think that's the right word. <laughs> a, du- a duality. Duality. That's not right. Pair. Let's go with pair. <laughs> uh, we got a heavy batter, big batter, good batter. Uh, heavy hitter. That's the one. That <laughs> <laughs> we've got a big batter. <laughs> uh, if we ever interview Martin Wallace, I did not say. That. Uh, oh yeah, that's who it is, Martin. Sir, Wallace. would you describe yourself as a heavy batter? <laughs> a big boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I definitely didn't say that. If we ever interview him, but I I could be wrong. That's that's just what the kids on the street down the road were telling me. <laughs> You mean the, the board game cafe? I literally. Oh no, it's not across the street anymore. No, it's not across the street. The kids. Anymore. Yeah, yeah, different spot. Just like the kids on the street. You know, there's like there's like a tent, a sleeping bag, like hanging out, a lot of cigarettes, some weed, and they were just sitting around playing Agricola, and they were telling me about how much better Caverna is. It's oddly specific that I almost believe you. If you want Anna's opinion on the game, I can yeah. quote her her review. <laughs> uh, I would not recommend. I would not recommend putting this on the box. Okay. Uh, Anna, Anna says, I thought it was a bad game until I played Reef. And then I was like, you know, it's not really that bad. <laughs> so the other game we played was Reef. <laughs> so let's talk about that. <laughs> oh, no. I want a Monopoly upgraded hotel. Actually, those I, probably exist. That's probably the first thing that was on the recording. Dang it. <laughs> ah. <laughs> I would like real money for Monopoly. They probably don't have that. Let me know in the comments if you find that. (laughs) And let me know how much it was. (laughs) Uh, You know, hey, maybe Lawrence of Arabia or something. Basically, anything that has some scenes in the desert, there's going to be a survival aspect, right? Because that's what we associate with the desert is, oh, I have no water, sun, you know, like I got to (laughs) survive. That's what I think too when I think of deserts. You're just mm, Right, you know, well, hey, you know, like traditionally in movies, it's like, oh, I'm in the desert, blah, 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 you know, whatever. And, uh... Uh, played Catan. Uh, it's been a while since I played Catan, but we had uh, we had Gramps over, so uh, we busted that out because he loves that. When's the uh, last time you played Catan? Honestly, I couldn't even tell you. It's probably been at least four or five months. No, I was it's been a while. I was like, I was making a joke. Yeah, pronunciation I got joke, it. You, you know, nerd. I picked up you, on that and I went fist. right over the smooth like butter, like <sighs> any professional podcaster would do. I just went right over that, Cody. I didn't stop to come down to your level and you know swing verbal blows with you you know i just kept going and you just you brought us back it's what you did you took us back down there cool uh, yes yeah, yeah, so I, I played katan <laughs> get that um, out of here man i i feel comfortable explaining this yeah. one ladies and gentlemen welcome to Viti culture a Stonemeyer game, as we already established, but I wanted to say it. I'm stalling for time. I'm trying to think of how to explain <laughs> how does, the game. What it's happens? all very exciting. <laughs> okay, worker placement, Cody. I'll help you out. Worker placement, grapes. Go. Yep. Hey, shut up. Worker placement <laughs> game, and there's grapes. What's up? What's up, Cody? I'm thinking I'm going to take that persona from now on. It's kind of like a deep gangsta. You think people it, would still listen? I'm just wondering if that's really what you thought that was. Well, no. Hey. Hey, what's up? What else okay. is that? I was getting stoner vibes. Stoner? Sure. Yes. Stoners are all stoners are gangsters, right? Cody, I know you well <laughs> enough to say this. There is nobody you could imitate probably worse than a stoner. 
I'm just curious. <laughs> okay, I'm just curious then. Who who could I imitate the best? And you can't mm-hmm. just cheat and say me. Or Probably a door to door salesman. Door to door salesman. Yeah. Uh, which designer of one of the most successful Kickstarter campaigns in laugh crowdfunding? Can I interest you in this cheese it? Well, just a quick reminder to our audience that this episode is sponsored by no one. Because we don't have any sponsors. <laughs> Man, I was so excited. I thought we did. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Do you think hand management is more or less important if you have one or three hands? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm definitely going to go with one. I feel like if you only have one hand. Yeah, I think it's like more important really... that way. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, if you have three, it's like, you don't have to manage them. Probably you have better odds of just doing something right. You know, you only have one hand. It's like, you really got to like focus well, well, on well, that hand. But if you have three hands, you've got more going on. Like you have to really make sure you're keeping well, them all in check. You do. But like, if, if things get too stressful, you can just let one of them go limp and just kind of check out and just use the other two like you normally would, you know? That's a good point. If you're just tuning in, folks, uh, welcome back to the KS 1303 <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Well, anyway, this isn't the Reef podcast, Nate. Well, I feel like we're. This is becoming a Champions of Midgard episode, which it, which it isn't. But well, this is not the Wingspan enough, enough podcast, Cody. This is not the Where Scout podcast, Nate. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. This isn't well, well. the Crew episode. Well, this isn't the Applebee's episode. And thank you, guys. And remember, oh, oh, well, that that was unfortunate. And remember, well, that was fun. Oh, oh, okay. It, 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 it's actually over, I guess. <laughs> Well, as I said, for me, at least, that was a pretty nice little trip down memory lane. And definitely, definitely some good reminders that our audio quality has hopefully hopefully increased, you know, <laughs> quite a bit. So, yeah, too true. A, special, a special thank you to all people who have listened to every episode of the podcast. If you have not, hopefully that little compilation, compilation, however you say that word, hopefully that intrigued yeah. you to go back and to listen to some of our older episodes. We would really appreciate that. Yeah. And let me just say, the the show is going to be increasing in its frequency. We're now releasing uh, once a week instead of every other week. And we also have some uh, more interesting content on the horizon, both in video form and maybe some special shows we might be putting on in collaboration with certain figures in the industry. I'm interested, Cody. Ooh. Well, that's good. Because remember, Nate, if we've been consistently releasing episodes for a year... We're probably not going away anytime soon. All right, Cody, I feel like I just want to say thank you again, and I've already been saying thank you, so I need something better. Do you have something better for me? I think we should reward the person who gets this far. Okay, we need a we need a code word. You need to email us at tabletopshop23 at gmail.com. Put in the subject line... Michael Arismith. If you don't know how to spell it, that's all right, because we don't get a lot of emails with the subject line. Yeah, that's that, fine. So. We'll know. And what, what will we give the people for doing that? As a reward, they will get something rewarding to, to be determined. We'll see, Dude, we'll see like if it. we even get very non-committal. I have no I have no idea how many people listen all the way through our podcast. Like, all the way to this crap at the end. So yeah. we'll find out who the true fans are. Brands, I'm expecting a lot of you right now. 